Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 59 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, today on the show, we got lots to talk about. Alec Manoa was added again. Matt Chapman's doing great things. We've got some struggling player performance we do got to talk about, and I have a ton of prospect notes for you. But first, Riley, what's up? How are you? I am good. Give ourselves a break, Jesse. Had a big series. We did great in that series. We got some day a day off today. It being Monday today, and back at mm-hmm. it tomorrow for another big series, man. So yeah, um, we'll dive into it. Our weekend series. I think as Blue Jays fans, like you and I, we should feel very good coming out of the weekend. And Jesse, I feel pretty good coming out of the weekend. Yeah, big three-game series. We predicted two out of three against the Baltimore Orioles. That's exactly what happened here. Honestly, it felt like it should have been a sweep. We uh, let things get the better of us in game three. I'll be really quick with the recaps here. Jays won game one, six, three. Bullpen day for the Blue Jays, but as a combined bullpen, they pitched well. Nine innings pitched, five hits, three earned runs, two walks, 11 strikeouts. Matt Chapman with a double dong. And George Springer had a three-run home run of his own. Game two, the Jays won 6-3. Jays scored three in the first two innings and added some insurance in the fifth thanks to a Rymel Tapia bases-clearing double. Jose Barrios gave up his fair share of base runners, but limited the damage. And Jordan Romano worked the ninth for his 34th save of the year. And in game three, the Blue Jays lost this game five to four. They were winning by one going into the ninth when Jordan Romano blew the save for what was the first time in a long time. The Jays did get one in the bottom half after a George Springer shot just missed going over the fence. It was right off the wall. Truly a game of inches, but... uh, Vladdy and Danny Jansen had solo home runs in the losing effort. And after the series, Riley, the Jays stand 83 and 64. We're five and a half games back to the Yankees. We're half a game up on Tampa Bay and two full games up on Seattle, who has actually lost three in a row, surprisingly. So, Riley, lots to talk about after the series. Take it away. Where do you want to go first? Well, we're going to start off in, uh, in game number one. That was our Apple TV broadcast. Not a huge fan of it, whatever. They did a lot of talking to um, that Gunnar Henderson yeah. kid who's doing a great job out of, uh, out of Baltimore, whatever. Let's talk to Blue Jays baseball. Should have been talking to our guys because on the bench, you would have been talking about my guy, number 26, Matt Chapman. Mm-hmm. And he had two home runs in that game. And the exit... The exit those balls left his bat and the way that his bat turned around, they were almost identical swings. They were pitches almost outside over the plate, outside middle, and he turned on them, hit them both um, over the left field fence. One went, I think, just into the bullpen. One was in the the first deck. But it was was great. Love to see Matt's home runs, I think, since August. These are his first two in September. So way to go, Matt Chapman. He gets my first... First thumbs up and in a big way too in game one of the series. <laughs> Absolutely. He went through quite the power drought, Matt Chapman. I think it was 25 straight games, like you mentioned, without a home run before going deep twice on Friday. Riley, a season total up to 26. And I don't think he's going to get to 40 or 48 that we predicted he might at the start of the season. But Matt Chapman's got a real good shot at 30 here. And his war on the season, Riley, is up to four. Second on the team and the third best in his career behind his two MVP seasons. And that's with his defensive numbers taking a big step down. So if Matt Chapman was like still playing the defense he's played in years past, he'd be, what, a five and a half war player, which, hey, perfect. The lineup looks a lot better when Matt Chapman is here doing his thing. Oh, absolutely, dude. You know what? Also, when we knew this is going to happen, he is, I think, ranked se- either uh, five, six, or seventh. He fluctuates at times between the MLB and strikeouts. He's, he's not mm-hmm. always cracking the top five, but he is. I mean, on a, a on a 162-game basis, yeah, he is in the top five for strikeouts. But if he can pull a 30-home run season, Jesse, it looks a lot better. But yeah, 26 dings on the year for Chapman and plus defense every time. I mean, I'm not going to do much complaining. This is the way the game's played now is a lot of power a lot of strikeouts but however jesse we won the game off rbis from his bat in game sure one did, yep. 
And, you know, can't say anything more about the guy. Love it. I want to give another props here to a guy we just can't stop speaking high praises about, Riley. And this is Alec Manoa. I think we talked about him last episode with how we put up and shut up. But he did it again here in this episode and or this uh, series. Sorry. And like through the month of August, you remember when Manoa was pitching to like a mid three ZRA and you and I had kind of had some thoughts. Well, maybe he's wearing down. You know, he hasn't reached this many innings before in his career. This is a big jump. And uh, boy, Manoa's making us look foolish here. Six innings pitch, four hits, one walk, or sorry, one earned run and four walks, which was kind of the thing here. We don't really see that from Manoa, but he battled through that and was able to limit the damage and five strikeouts total. And Riley, I know you love a good quality start stat. So he's now hit a quality start in 23 of his 29 starts this season and is yet to go fewer than five innings in a start. In fact, over his last four starts, Alec Manoa, 28 innings pitch and only four earned runs allowed. Like Riley, I don't know about you, but is that good? I think that's pretty good. Alec Manoa is one of the best in the game of his craft. This is his, going to be his first full year in the bigs, Jesse. And I mean, you can't ask for anything more, man. This is a guy who's not only going to receive, you know, uh, Cy Young votes in his career and uh, Cy Young, like he has possibilities for MVP votes, um, you know, in like whatever place, however, like fifth, sixth place votes this year, whatever you want to rank it. Alec Manoa is just a kid who does special things on the hill. Yeah, you know what? The four walks is a little bit uncharacteristic, but I mean, the way he's been pitching, the power number he's been put up in this and i say power numbers for pitching i mean swings and misses the spin mm -hmm. rate things like that i mean and those are stats you love jesse and i know alec manoa is a guy you love to watch and we both don't like the walks but when you still get a quality start off of four walks i mean you're doing right things you're mm -hmm. probably just having tough at bats you're going deep and counting losing hitters that are fouling balls off making it tough on them. you know what the Baltimore Orioles, I got to give them a lot of credit. They did really well in this series for a team. Then, yeah, we probably should have swept, but whatever. We didn't, and Manoa did great things. Four walks, whatever. I mean, the strikeouts are there. The innings pitch are there. He's doing everything right, man. Yeah, absolutely. Riley, really quick, I want you to rank our top three. It's Stripling, Gosman, <laughs> um, Manoa. How would you rank those three, especially if we were going into a playoff series? We're, I'm, I'm talking about right now. Um, if we were hitting the playoffs tomorrow, I would, I would have – Manoa, Stripling, Gosman. And that's a hot take, I know. But I think right now, Stripling is doing just a skosh better than Gosman. I think I think realistically, it's going to go Manoa, Gosman, Strip. But mm -hmm. we'll see, man. Right now, I'm, I hold Ross Stripling in very high regards. And Gosman, obviously not that far behind him, man. I think I agree with you. However, I do want to say I still think Kevin Gosman is just getting super unlucky this year, and he is still one of our best pitchers in terms of like being able to put it all together and put a great start together. I still like Kevin Gosman as the best chance to go out and dominate. But it's a great problem to have. All three are pitching great. All three deserve to be in our playoff rotation, and that's what it's going to look like coming up to the rest here. Um, Riley, I want to talk about one more pitcher that did pitch here, and that's Jose Barrios. And Riley, I know I personally, I don't know about you, I've been giving him a lot of thumbs down lately. And yes, I'm still absolutely terrified every single time I watch Jose Brios pitch. But we do have to give credit where credit is due. He's been a lot better lately. And in fact, he's allowed two earned runs or less in five of his last six starts. So if Brios right now is like our fourth starter in the rotation, that's good. You'll take that every time from your fourth starter. And he's averaging about six and a third innings pitch during those starts too. Now he's not back to the guy he was during the stretch last year. And I don't even think that's the guy he was when he was in Minnesota. But there's value here for Jose Barrios. And as long as he can keep limiting the base runner from scoring, that's your job as a pitcher. And he's been doing that over the past month or so. I mean, there was a time 
this year where we wanted Jose Brios nowhere near big games. We wanted him nowhere near the rubber for a couple months, man, it seemed. But yeah, he's coming back, not in the biggest ways. Here's the problem I have, Jesse, with the Jose Brios thing is that you say, you know, he want, if we he's our fourth starter, we got no problem there. And I agree, man. If he's our fourth starter, that's great. But the fact that we're paying him $17 million and $21 million and then 23 and then $30 million years, cap yeah. hit. $30 million hit, and I believe 2025 or 2026. I mean, that's where I have the problems, man. When you're paying out numbers like that, your ERA should never be around five ever. I think it's dropped below five now, which I thought was never going to happen. Mm -hmm. He's still in the top three for earned runs, home runs, and just plain old runs get given up. If it wasn't for Josiah Gray, actually, um, um, in the National League, I think that we wouldn't. He would be first place in home runs given up, and, and yes. Gray's beat hit, yeah. got him beat by I think eleven or twelve long balls. And Jose Brios is no no spring chicken. Yeah, he's still a young guy, but he's been in the majors long enough to figure out his craft. And yeah, with Minnesota, he's nowhere near it. But yeah, I, I we need him be, to be an ace to really get our bang for our buck. But as Playoff push this year. If he's our first starter, yes, Jesse, I 100% agree. Nothing wrong with him doing that. He just got to pull it together a little bit more. I'm still terrified, though, if we let Jose Brio start a playoff game for us. Like, that'll be the time the six earned runs come back, the really damaging glow. And I just, I just don't want to see that happen. I hope I'm wrong with Jose Brios, but uh, we'll see there. Riley, we got to talk about this guy who makes our first appearance in our thumbs down. And uh, this is a tough one because this pitcher has been so good all year. But it's Jordan Romano. He got his fourth blown save of the season. Now, I think we're going to say this is a very soft thumbs down because you and I both know how damn good Jordan Romano has been this year. But he did blow a save here. Um, he gave up three earned runs to Baltimore in the ninth inning. And Jordan Romano has been really good over this last few stretch of stealing strikes early with his slider. And I think Baltimore kind of realized that. And they were sitting on his slider. In fact, the double he, came, he gave up to Jorge Mateo was a first-pitch slider that was, you know, it was started inside, broke over the middle of the plate, and Jorge Mateo hit it for a double. You haven't seen a lot of that. So I think that was just a good scouting um, report from Baltimore to know to look for that through Jordan Romano. So he's going to have to make that adjustment and know that teams are going to be looking for that now against him to maybe throw that fastball a little more early in the count just to... Avoid this because pitchers, you just got to keep the hitters guessing, right? And once they figure you out a little bit, it's your turn to adjust. I mean, I would be surprised even after that appearance that Romano gets the AL Reliever of the Year award. It's a very high uh, possibility, very likely. And honestly, yeah, we're sitting here giving him a thumbs down. But Jesse, does this happen again in regular season play? I don't want to <laughs> jinx it, but I'm thinking... Man, blown saves happen. They happen for middle relief guys. They happen for setup guys. And they happen to elite closers. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest. If he go, He's not going to re replicate, what was it, Zach Britton in 2000, whatever year. 16, yeah. When, when they brought in anyways. We know about that game where Edmund had the walk-up. But Britton's regular season was, was amazing. Romano, not quite kind of something like that. But yeah, who, no matter who you are, dude, you're going to give up runs. And as a reliever, they come and bunches oddly enough because it's gonna if you get one bad you know appearance on your line it's gonna really show up in you know your season stats and particularly for relievers too especially yeah especially for relievers man and this is one of those things that it won't even hurt Romano that much just in a big game you know we could have had the sweep whatever but I'm, I'm not mad at Romano obviously like this is just a thumbs down that was 
bound to happen this year, dude. Like blown saves are going to happen. I mean, mm -hmm. if he if he went 37 for 37 this year, that would have been awesome. But you know what? Hey, can't dock him too much. He's had a hell of a year. He was due for an outing like this, too, with just how dominant he had been um, all season. Like before this, Riley, he had gone 30 and two-thirds innings pitch and allowing just three earned runs since his last blown save. And in his 29 innings at home before the blow-up here, he had a 0.3 run ERA and was 21 out of 21 at converting saves before the blowout there. He'll be just fine, Riley. I agree, man. Speaking of things that we're due for, man, it seems like forever ago that I've been able to watch a Jays game and watch the power at the plate happen and notice, man, you know what? There's Teoscar Hernandez going three for full five. Hey, there's, you know, he's drawn a couple walks in this series, like nothing. Absolute stone cold <clears throat> um, plate appearances by Teo in the last few weeks. I know we gave him a thumbs down last time, but I find myself sitting here saying, Where's the bat, Teoscar Hernandez? And not only that, I know I don't have his numbers directly with me, but I know that for a fact, like his career strikeouts, this might be one of his higher strikeouts, at least in the last month. He's been striking out a lot too. Not something you want to see with one of your middle order guys who's not contributing power-wise. Riley, I just looked it up. Teoscar Hernandez's last three-hit game was June 30th. He's had a few one-hits. He's had a few two-hits games, but he hasn't hit three since since Canada Day, really. And I remember last episode, Riley, we were talking about how he only had one hit in the series, and that simply isn't good enough for Teoscar Hernandez, who needs to be better. Well, Riley, in this series, again, one hit, one for 11, I believe it was. And since August 8th, Riley, Teoscar has uh, only had three games in that time where he hasn't struck out in that game. And the main issue with Teo is that he's really struggled against sliders and curveballs this year. And you can see it even watching the game. He's doing what Bo Bichette did earlier this year, where he's swinging at pitches far out of the zone or pitches that bounce. And he's hitting 197 against sliders, Riley, and 217 against curves with a whiff percentage of 42.7% and 40.4% respectively. So he's not even making contact on these pitches that are sweeping like that. And I think pitchers have just kind of figured out now how to pitch to Teoscar Hernandez and he's got to make the adjustment. I don't, he's tried changing his batting stance a little as we've seen, but something's got to change because if pitchers are just going to keep flipping these curveballs in him, I don't know if Teoscar is going to get it back here soon. Certainly his bat to ball skills, especially in the last little while. I know the three hit, you know what, if you have get three hits in a ball game, sometimes you're just lucky. You mm -hmm. can be unlucky too. If you, you go can, one yep. for four, you could, you could line out and, you know, have a couple hard hit balls. But I think with Teoscar Hernandez, like it's almost warranted his one hit games and his high strikeout rate because he is really swinging over the top of breaking pitches and not, not, I can't even say making solid contact. It's not making contact at all. It's just a lack of hand-eye coordination up at the plate right now for Teo. And it's a little bit frustrating to watch because we know how an elite hitter in Teoscar Hernandez can approach a, a big game, a big series. And, you know, I think last year, the year before, there was a lot of times where he actually carried the team on his back through he just pure power, long balls. And I haven't really seen that this year. It, I mean, um, you know, it's is I. He's not at an age where you know it. He should be really sliding. In fact, I thought last year when he really picked up, like I thought this could have been a repeat year at the start of the year. I think we had it in our in our you know in one of our inaugural episodes talking about um, expectations for players. I think I would expect Teo to be a thirty home run guy or have the potential for thirty home runs. And of course, we're not seeing any of that this year, Jesse. 
I am worried if this is just a thing that Teoscar Hernandez is starting to decline with his skills or if it's just um, maybe he's still hurt. You know, he did battle some time with injuries this year, and maybe that's something that's still lingering him. I don't know. Maybe it's a mental thing with Teoscar Hernandez. But either way, with the playoffs coming right around the corner, if Teoscar's hitting well, this whole lineup's hitting well. So we would like him to be a little better. It's always good to have our power guys doing things in the middle of the order. And Teo's obviously one of those guys. Um, I mean, in this series, we didn't, uh, we kind of didn't do it a thumbs up, but we had guys like Tapia step up mm-hmm. and can and do some power on that side. You know, he has guys that are picking him up so you don't even notice because we got superstars and Bo and Vlad. And Chapman, uh, you know, can pop off. He had the two home run games. So sometimes you don't notice that Teoscar's bat is even ice cold. But it is. Trust me, man. It is. And it's it's not even a making bad contact and getting hitting weak ground balls. A lot of it is the strikeouts are up, man. A lot of a lot of high strikeouts from Teoscar Hernandez. Ground balls as well, too. He's kind of got the Vladdy thing going on where he's, when he does make contact, he's beaten into the ground. And as we talked with Vladdy, those things are out in the big league level. But Riley, it's time for everyone's favorite part of every Buds and Blue Jays episode that we do because I get to talk about Yusei Kikuchi. <laughs> and uh, I feel like we got to bring him up every episode now. And Riley, he pitched in the bullpen day in game one. He was the um, Jimmy Garcia gave up a home run late, but it was his two run home run that was really the only part of the uh, game where the Blue Jays kind of struggled there. And we've talked about the reasons why the Blue Jays haven't sent him down or why they haven't cut him off the roster or anything. But. He isn't. He didn't walk any guys in this appearance, which I took as a positive. But the at the cost of that was he was leaving pitches right over the plate, and they're not fooling anybody. I think he threw Cedric Mullins six straight sliders at one point. But Riley, I will say, eight batters faced. He faced in that game. He struck out five of them. And yes, the FIP was over five because he did give up the home run. But his expected FIP, Riley, negative zero point one five. And I actually think he's looked really solid since he's made the move to the pen. I still think there is a very good pitcher in Yusei Kikuchi. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should just give up to him because the results have been terrible. But I'm a believer in my soul that there is a good pitcher in Yusei Kikuchi somewhere. I think, Jesse, that the five strikeouts were great. I think the no walks is even better for you, mm-hmm. say Kikuchi. Um, pitch selection, however, like I get it. Um, like, whatever. Cedric Mullins is a guy who is probably one of Baltimore's better players. He's not going to always burn you with home runs, but he's certainly got the legs to leg hits out. He's got the extra, he's got the, the gap power, things like that, that makes him an elite hitter for, you know, a weaker ball club. But as far as the home runs go, guys are going to give up home runs and it looks bad if you're a relief pitcher. Cause he didn't, he's not pitching. He's not pitching five, six innings at this point, Jesse. He's I, I pitching less than three innings. Am I right? In this yeah. appearance yeah. Well, was eight on his life, eight batters face. So I mean, like you're getting a small sample size, but anytime, if you're anytime you strike out five guys, even through seven innings, striking out five is still pretty respectable. When we're doing that with eight batters face and not walking anybody and your name is Yusei Kikuchi, that's a quality appearance, man, because my bar is so damn low for Yusei yeah, Kikuchi right be, now. Honestly. And it's kind of sad. <laughs> but honestly, man, it's not it's not that bad. Yes, the home run is whatever. I feel like I feel like Kevin Gosman kind of got unlucky with some of his the timely hits he had against him. I think that if if Gosman is just a little bit cursed, I think Yusei Kikuchi is plagued with bad Honestly, luck this year yeah. because he's just been rocked around this year. Like Barrios, maybe that maybe that's the new Jose Barrios, but I think I think Yusei Kikuchi is just plagued up there on the hill, and that guy can't catch a break. I do see a good. 
And when he's not walking guys, then yeah, he looks a bit better because if he walked, if he walked four guys, Jesse, he's still giving up two runs. Mm -hmm. So take your pick. Do you want the high strikeouts, no walks and giving up monsters, monster hits, or do you want him to walk home two hitters? Like it's, it's up to you, man, because until, until he really figures it out, let's see what kind of you say Kikuchi we get in our next start. Then we can talk about, you know, what he's going to do come October baseball, what his role with this club's going to be. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if he's on the postseason roster, but uh, it'll be an interesting guy to pay attention to in the offseason. But Riley, come on other guys in this bullpen, just real quick, I wanted to make notes on. Julian Mer Merriweather, I want to give him some props. He went two innings pitched in his one appearance, no hits allowed, only the third time all year he's pitched two innings in an appearance. And Trevor Richards, Riley, his season sure has been a roller coaster, but it was all good in this series. Started, he started the game on Friday night, three up, three down, struck out all three, and he came in to hold the lead in the seventh inning of game three, which I thought was kind of a suspicious move from John Schneider, but he got the job done in that appearance as well. Strikeouts and ground balls are the highest they've ever been for Trevor Richards in his career, but the problem, so are the walks and so are the home runs. I liked him in this series. Um, that's the second game he's opened for us this year. I'm not a big fan of the opener, but we're in a situation right now where we kind of need that to happen. Mm -hmm. Only really having you know, four starters, I guess, or four guys who are going to give us potential quality starts. I don't mind it. The versatility is great. Um, it's a new, it's a new thing in baseball. You see relief pitchers all the time coming early in games and they call them bullpen games for a reason where we kind of throw the kitchen sink at them, see what we can get. And I guess if we're going to take a bullpen arm and it's not going to be Simber, it's not going to be Romano and they're going to start a game. I'm okay with it being Trevor Richards. He's proven that. Again, I don't want it to be too often. Even yes. once every five games is a lot. But if we're going that route and Trevor Richards is going to do what he's done in those appearances, then yeah, I'm fine with it, Jesse. I'll have to live with the fact that we're using openers. We all got to make adjustments, Riley. The Blue Jays are doing it. We got to do it here too. Um, some other news and notes. Danny Jansen hit home run number 13 on the series. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is on a 12-game hit streak. Um, the Blue Jays hit into a triple play in this series. It was the first one since 2021 when they were playing in Buffalo. And if you remember, uh, that was some bad base running by Vlad and Bo Bichette there on that play. Uh, we want to wish a happy birthday to George Springer. And Riley, this is the one I want you to comment on here. Mitch White went down to AAA Buffalo and made a start for the Bisons, Riley, in his line. Five innings pitch, nine hits, eight earned runs, one walk, and five strikeouts. Ouch from Mitch White. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna need to stay down there until like something. This is a this is a rehab start, and we see guys Yusei Kikuchi, Stripling, uh, throwing in in Buffalo, and their their lines look fantastic. And when mm -hmm. you have a guy who's supposedly you know a bottom end starting pitcher, like you'd expect a much better you know appearance in that. Um, Eight earned runs is is not good I, I, in any kind of any level of competitive ball, let alone professional baseball. Triple A is still professional baseball, and yeah, Mitch White kind of crapped the bet on that one, man. That's um, I mean, if you we either need Mitch White or Kikuchi to be on, and right now it's looking a little more in Kikuchi's favor, which. I know doesn't scare you as much as it scares me. Oh, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's it's it, I just in a perfect world, all our pitchers are firing and they all got ERAs under three. But the the thing is, Jesse, I think Mitch White as a Blue Jay, it seems like he has an ERA over six. Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact number. I'm sure it's between six and seven somewhere. And he's going down to Buffalo and 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 blowing games down there too. 
Yeah, I don't think we can bring him up until we see some good performance there. And it, again, might, I mean, he's on our playoff roster, and I hope that trade doesn't look terrible in a few years' time. Um, some other news and notes, Riley. Jays have 39 comeback wins, which leads the American League. Uh, Matt Chapman's multi-home run game was the 10th of his career. Alejandro Kirk should be back soon from his hip injury. He was available to pitch it in game three, so I expect we see him on this road trip here. And George Springer is diagnosed with an elbow contusion. Stop me if you've heard this one before. But for what it's worth, it's the other elbow than the one that's been bothering him. So consider him day-to-day for now. Um, Riley, I do want to touch on some prospect notes here as well. Or Elvis Martinez has hit his 30th home run of the season for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. He's just one off the lead in double-A right now. Yasver Zuleta was promoted to triple-A Buffalo, meaning it's very likely we see him in the Blue Jays' bullpen as soon as next season. He's the Jays' number six overall prospect. He had an ERA over four, but 25 strikeouts and 15 innings for uh, New Hampshire. You'll love to see that. And Sem Rabarisi, Riley, turned in his best start of his minor league career. Six innings, three hits, one earned run, and a career-high nine strikeouts for the uh, a native Netherlander. Netherlander? Netherlandy? I don't know. Um, but it was really good. He got into some trouble in the first, retired 13 batters in a row at some point. Just one of the Blue Jays pitching prospects. Just remember that name. Yeah, well, pitching prospects are really important right now, Jesse, for obvious reasons, because we sit here bashing our head against heads against the wall when one, I mean, I feel like we're always giving a thumbs down to a pitcher in every episode, no matter mm-hmm. what it may be. Um, so, yeah, the, the better we're doing our pipeline, the better our pipeline guys are doing is great. I want to kind of stop and give some love to Aralvis Martinez, who yes. is just just so close to cracking our MLB team with that elite power from a smaller dude, an infielder, who is going to hold a lot of value. I mean, are you kidding me? That's at any level, 30 home run territory. I mean, you're playing in the same size ballpark. You can hit a ball. Like, obviously, the pitches are going to get tougher as you move up. I know Mm -hmm. double A is whatever, but he's a young guy. He's an athletic guy. He's got a lot of potential. And, man, 30 home runs at any level. Like, he's, he's close. I I don't know I don't know if he's on our forty man I'm gonna guess not Jesse not yet because, but he should be because soon. he's young I bet you next year he's on our forty man you know gets the invite um, spring training we'll see how it goes I don't know he just for me it's a no brainer you see a young infielder like that and I just want him up as soon as possible yeah uh, Nate Pearson made a rehab assi- assignment. Another one, one innings pitch, 16 pitches, one walk, one strikeout. Struggled with his fastball command, which we've seen from Nate Pearson before. But the off-speed stuff was, quote, electric. So uh, wet your taste buds. Maybe we see some Nate Pearson coming up in the bullpen or down the stretch here. Yeah, it'd be about damn time, man. I forget, I forget about Pearson. Obviously, I have you to remind me, Jesse Burrell, <laughs> that Nate Pearson is still alive and mm-hmm. well or well not. We don't know because his health has been up and down. But yeah, Jesse, we can use an elite arm. And if the word electric is something that does wet my taste buds and hopefully he gains some control over his fastball, works his secondary pitches because he does have great, he does have great moving stuff, man. Great slider. Um, and what you mix out with this elite fastball, like, I don't know if he's ever going to touch triple digits in the big leagues, but he's still, he's still a fireballer. And, if he can get healthy and throw with the big boys, then by all means, bring him up. Absolutely. I'm with you. Uh, Riley, off day for the Blue Jays today, and we're heading to the city of brotherly love for a two-game series against our natural rival, the Philadelphia Phillies. Game one, we got Ross Stripling versus Kyle Gibson. Game two will be Kevin Gosman against Zach Wheeler. That'll be a fun pitchers matchup. Riley, just quick, give me your prediction. Two-game series. Win them both. I think- lose them both. Split them. N- 
now I'll, I'll take I'll take the safe and say we split them. Um, I think we take the first one, and I think I think it's a situation where Wheeler gets the best of us. Maybe Gosman underperforms, but it's like a three to two game. I won't even say underperforms like six innings, three earns runs, like a four five. 4.5 ERA kind of thing, and our bats go low cold because Zach Wheeler is a great pitcher, and I feel like we haven't got too um, we haven't got uh, stopped too many times by good arms this year. I think you know statistically we're about due to score one or two runs in a game and lose a close one, but whatever. We split the series against Philly. We'll see how it goes. Nah, Stripling and Gosman on the hill. I'm taking my chances. Let's win them both. Jays have hit Wheeler well in the past. We we can do it again here. Well, I sure hope so, man. Let's see it. Let's see the two-game little small sweep and out in Citizens Bank Park. Absolutely. That'll do it for our episode here today. A little bit of a shorter one than usual, but, you know, time constraints. We're adults. We got stuff we got to do. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Leave us a five-star review on all those plot podcast platforms and like and subscribe on YouTube. We'll be back to recap the Phillies series. It's a neat little two-gamer. So we'll see you guys then. Thanks, guys.